Today's episode is brought to you by Batch Leads. Receive 5,000 property records for free. Go to batchleads.io forward slash Dave or use code Dave when signing up. For using this special offer, you will receive a seven-day free trial to check out the system for yourself. You will also receive 5,000 property records included for free. Within this system, you can skip trace your leads, stack your list, cold SMS your motivated seller leads, and send direct mail directly from the platform. So head on over to batchleads.io forward slash Dave or use code Dave at checkout to receive 5,000 free property records plus a seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Mike Slane. Hey, Dave, it's been my a while. Mike, it is. Too long. It's been a couple of months, I feel yeah, like, man. We've too long. We've just been busy, busy. I know I've done a few episodes and yeah, you may have done a couple on your own as well here, bud. But I'm just really happy to. No, I've been slacking. I've been slacking on these uh, the podcasts, so I'm glad you've been picking that up. And no, we've just been crazy busy with the market and everything that's going on. I mean, it's just it's a crazy time to be in real estate. It really is. And um, you know, I manage a little bit more of the the rental and some of the flip side, and you manage a lot of our wholesaling, and it's affected both of our businesses. Just being uh, with the market so hot right now mm -hmm. and it's it's very rare that you can actually call it the market and kind of refer to the whole country but i've not heard from any of our students or just in any conversations that it's slow anywhere uh we've got just a hot market uh decent properties are selling very very quickly nice properties are selling very quickly over asking price uh, just seems like all over the place, right? It's wild, man. It is. It is wild. It is crazy. So here, I'll, I'll do a personal story. Um, and Dave, you know about this. I just listed my personal property. And uh, when I bought it, I rehabbed it. Uh, we paid about 70000 and we spent probably 80000 or so on the initial rehab. Plus, we've been living there for a couple of years. And, you know, as, that, as it goes, we're always fixing and adding. And I've probably added at least another 10000 um, in upgrades since then. So anyways, we spent quite a bit of money on it. Uh, what's that put us in? 90 plus 70, about, uh, 160,000. Is that right? 90 and 70. You yeah. said, I think you oh, said 70, 80, 80 plus, yeah, 150, 000. 70 purchase plus 80 rehab. Yeah. Okay. 150. It's about 150. About yeah. 150. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, no. And then we spent money along the way. So yeah, I don't know what, whatever. So we're anywhere around 150 and again, we're living there. Probably so over it's, that, right? Yeah. Probably into it for probably like 160 or 170. Right. Probably. Give so, or take. At that time, uh, when we bought it, we do similar to the Burr method. We'll buy it, and then we'll uh, we'll use somebody else's money, and then we'll refinance it. So we did that, and we had the appraisal at that time. 
and my wife and I were just really hoping we would have 20% equity in it at the time, and we did, which was great. So we re refinanced it, and we didn't have to pay PMI. Awesome. So very, very happy about that. Two years later. And, and for those who don't know what PMI is. Thank you. Go ahead. Well, I'll let you explain. <laughs> you PMI it? is a private mortgage insurance. So basically, the way it works is if you are borrowing more than more than 80%, you typically have to purchase private mortgage insurance. And that basically helps protect the lender who is lending more than 80%. So that could be, you know, 90%, could be 95%, could be 97%, in some cases, maybe even 100% financing. And if it's over 80%, you have to purchase the private mortgage insurance. Oh, it's, it's, it's a crawl in my uh, riches, man, because you're the one paying you're the for, one paying their, for insur their insurance. Exactly. And that's the that's the thing that oh, sucks. So is crazy. It's not your insurance, even though you're paying for it. It's the lender. So if you default, they have an insurance policy because they're you know, lending more than the 80%. Yeah. So, so again, we, we had at least 20% equity at the time, so we were happy about that. Again, Corona happens, and then now this this housing market is just so hot, and we listed it. And what we'd seen happening is, you know, people are, are listing properties, and they're saying, okay, no showings until this date. You know, they're listing and coming soon, so people can see them on Zillow and start wanting to, to set up a time to view it and all that. We did a showing on the weekend, or an open house, rather. Uh, we did some showings before that and some showings after, and we, we stated, you know, there's uh, get your offer submitted by this date, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. We did that, and we had seven offers come in, and Ooh. by Sunday afternoon, I was kind of discouraging agents from even submitting them. So I think we probably would have had nine or maybe ten offers if I would have just not said anything and been like, yeah, please submit a highest and best offer. But I didn't want people to submit offers if they didn't have a chance to actually purchase the property because as an agent, I've been on the other side of it, writing offers and writing offers and your clients get rejected. It is, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time. It does. Anyways, I'll shorten the story up. We listed it at 209. We had offers come in, seven offers. Uh, 209 was the lowest offer we got. Uh, we had m multiple offers with escalation clauses. So they would escalate up and our final uh, contract price is 250 on it. You were asking so it's 209. It's 40,000 over. So, I mean, the only thing I'm worried about is if it appraises. Mm. The offers also, oh, this is wild, guys, absolutely wild. The offers also came in as is, meaning they're waiving the inspection, which is just unheard of for retail buyers. Like wow. everyone always gets a, gets an inspection. I mean, Dave, you, you we've told this for years. I lo we lost a in deal wholesale. last week because we weren't willing to waive the inspection and another investor was. And yeah. I already walked it, so I did the inspection, but I wanted to get a sewer lateral scope because, you know, if that sewer lateral is broken, that could be 15 grand. And it was my, I even willing, was willing to pay for the sewer lateral uh, scope and inspection. And I wanted, and I told them we could do it in the next 24 hours, bro. Yeah. And they still said, no, we're going with this other guy who doesn't, he's waving the inspection. It's wild. So, it's a wild market. It's a so wild market. on top of that, I mentioned, I'm worried if it's going to appraise, they were willing to offer $5,000 in appraisal protection. And again, this is kind of a new concept to me. I've not even really heard of it. Uh, but they said, if it doesn't appraise for the right price, we'll bring $5,000. We actually countered because we had another offer with 12500 
of the appraisal of the appraisal protection. protection. I never protection. Even heard of that before, but neither did I. Again, the so appraisal protection. Appraisal protection. Thing, guys. I, I, I don't know what it's technically called, but <laughs> they write it in the special agreements, and yeah, so so the, they they accepted that. So now it's two fifty, and they're willing to do this twelve and a half thousand in appraisal protection. It's just wild, That's absolutely wild. wild. Uh, so again, I wanted to tell that story because again, it's personal. It just happened. Uh, we're we're under contract, ready to close, all that good stuff, uh, and it's great as a seller. It really, it's, it's great. It's easy. It's easy to sell a house now, but where, where does that lead us with wholesaling, Dave? Like current market on fire. Where, where are we at with wholesaling? It's tough. Yeah. It's been tough lately to wholesale. A lot of the investors that are wholesaling deals around town send it to us. You know, we, we obviously want to be on the list so we can see, cause we buy from wholesalers too. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed lately that wholesalers are putting deals out at just under retail or basically at retail. I think a lot of the a lot of the sellers and the homeowners right now, they know that the market is hot. They know that inventory is extremely low and they have more options. Right? Some of the deals that we've gotten recently, um, the only reason that we were able to get them um, at great prices, I mean I'm saying recently like over the last probably three to five months, give or take, Mm -hmm. um, has been because the seller is extremely distressed and or time is of the essence. So they needed to get the thing sold in like one or two weeks because of, you know, a pending court case, or it could be a uh, job relocation or back taxes. Maybe it's going to the tax auction or foreclosure, you know, something along those lines. And um, yeah, it's just been really, it's been a lot more difficult recently than it really ever has been. Well, in, in explaining that, and it's been more difficult for wholesaling because of what we just said, even these retail buyers are waiving inspections and they're using loans. When like, the retail buyers do it, it's wild. Yeah, like it, it, <laughs> it, it's absolutely nuts. Wild. So to, get an ins- to not have an inspection period as a wholesaler, that is extremely difficult because you are committed to buying it at that point. Extremely difficult. Now, I'm not saying that it's impossible. Yeah. So if you don't have an inspection, there's one of two things you can do. You can sell it on the photos or you can bring your buyers with you on your initial walkthrough when you go view it, assuming you do. Well, there's more. Op- that may not even really be the the inspection period or inspection. I mean, there's probably other well, ways. Or of the, thir- the third way, Dave, which is what we do too, is very, be very, very transparent. Just say, yeah, we're going to buy it, but I want to get my partners through. So, so you set up kind of a show. setting showing. up a showing yeah. or an inspection. Yeah. Inspection. I mean, it's basically an inspection, but you're at some point, right? but again, you're not necessarily being able to write that in the contract. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do That's it. Good point. Um, so it is, it's just been, been more difficult to wholesale, not to say that we haven't still been doing it. Uh, because on the flip side, once we get one under contract, it is a little easier to sell it. Mm-hmm. So again, but finding those properties has always been, I'd say key to successful wholesaling is finding good deals and it remains key and even, uh, more important. You know, now is finding those good properties. And yeah, there's just a lot of competition. So speaking of the market condition being Mm -hmm. crazy, right? And inventory being extremely low. uh, I feel bad for a lot of these buyer's agents right now, because if you are not a cash buyer, you're probably not going to win anything right now. If you are not willing to waive some inspections and or some appraisal 
contingencies or financing contingencies, you're probably not going to get the deal right now. So, you know, there's a hierarchy of buyers, right? So your cash buyers are typically going to be the ones that are going to get the, you know, be willing to basically offer the most, not necessarily the most, but they're going to get the deal accepted easier because there's less barriers to entry there. It's cash. Next, you have, you have your conventional financing. Mm -hmm. And then behind that, you have your FHA financing. And then even behind that, there's like the ED. Something and something. VA and yeah, all sorts of other of loans. Other types that are even harder. And the problem is, is when you go from conventional to FHA or VA or, or even lower, there's a lot more inspections that are required. The lender often will require the seller to fix items on the inspection report versus just compensate them with cash. And the seller has to pay for those inspections. Mm -hmm. So as a seller, you know, let's say you have a property for sale and you go, you know, put it on the market and you get 10 offers and three of those offers are, you know, FHA type offers and the other seven are either cash or conventional. Usually, typically the agent and or the seller, they're not even looking at those FHA ones because it's gonna take more time and cost more money to actually sell the deal. So I feel bad for a lot of the buyer's agents right now that are working with clients that don't have 20% to put down. Yeah, Because that is crazy. very difficult for them to be able to get positioned into a deal right now. Yeah, so I mean, it, it really does affect like your first time, first time home buyers, I'd say more than anyone else. Uh, so it is a Assuming lot Assuming they don't have 20%. Well, most don't. That's, that's most of them who don't most because don't, again, right? a lot of home owners, when you're buying a second home, if you're on the selling side, you're probably going to clear a decent amount of money that you can then push into or put into the the next loan. Right. So it's it's definitely hard. Uh, it's, so, yeah. So, you know, another thing is I have a bunch of friends who are like, man, I could make like 50 or 100K, just like you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're basically going to walk with about 100,000, which is great. And that's awesome by all means, but the price of what you would go move into is up that much too. Yep. That's so you, exactly so what- you got to uh, be a little careful. Like don't sell all your properties or even the one you live in. Got to live somewhere, guys. You got to live somewhere, right? So if you sell the one you're living in and you take a substantial profit, that's awesome by all means, especially if it's a primary residence and you've lived there for two of the last five years, you can basically have a tax-free gain. And depending on if you're married or not, the number is going to vary, but it's like either 250 to 500K. Uh, which is awesome. But whenever you go to buy something else, you're going to be paying elevated pricing on that end too. So don't count yeah, your chickens uh, before they hatch, I guess. Well, kind of, sort of, though. Well, that's until it closes. Until so it it's, closes, it's, right? uh, it, 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 it doesn't really matter. I mean, price, the, the relative price is so uh, unimportant, I would say. Or no, it's so important versus the nominal price. So like the, just the dollar number isn't quite as important as it is in relationship to everything else. So what we're experiencing is inflation, point. I think is, is the point. Is that as, as all the prices go up, it doesn't really mean you're gonna have that much more money. Like, because again, Dave said it, you have to pay more for the higher priced one yeah, that you, you move into. You get more when you sell yours, but you're paying more for the one that you're- well, That's what we're purchasing. doing, we're building the house. And I guarantee you, had we built this two years ago or a year ago, it would probably be about 50 to $80,000 cheaper. Wow. Pretty much guaranteed just because the price of lumber uh, just went through the roof and 
I mean, all, all materials. Here it's coming back down, but I'm fortunate enough to not have to be buying a ton I've of it. I've heard that, right and I don't buy a ton of it either, yeah. so I don't know. I think it's still pretty high, though, compared to where it was probably this time last year. Yeah. I wish it would drop like Bitcoin and we'd be in business, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Very cool. Uh, so what else? Current market, I think, is kind of the idea to talk uh, or, or feel out right now. So let's talk about uh, some ways wholesalers can kind of work with the current market or use it to their advantage or just strategies that um, are working. And and that's kind of what we're struggling with as well in our business is what do we do? How do we, how do we stand out when the market's super, super hot and there are, there's tons and tons of competition mm -hmm. from even retail buyers are kind of uh, working on direct letter campaigns. Uh, my, my sister actually just got a, a letter from someone. Wow. It was an agent said, hey, I've got clients who want, a lot, want to live in this school district. Are you interested in selling your house? Call me. Wow. And then I mean, you're paying full retail too, basically. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Wow. When agents start sending letters, that's, uh, that's wild, man, because all the investors are sending letters and doing lots of other stuff, right? Cold calling, cold texting, radio advertisements, SEO, pay-per-click. I mean, there's a hundred different ways, driving for dollars, door knocking, billboards, bandit signs, you name it. I mean, there's a million different ways to go about doing marketing. But when retail buyers are sending letters, agents for buyers saying, hey, we're willing to, to pay full price for the property. We just want to be in this neighborhood or in this school district. Call us. Wow. Yeah. It makes it difficult for all, the, for all the investors out here. Yeah. So again, I think that the quality of your leads, unfortunately, it's just a tried and true method comes in the quantity. Uh, you've got to make a lot of contacts. And that's kind of, I think what we're doing is just trying to get as many eyeballs on our marketing message as possible. So that means more direct mail. It means more phone calls. It means, um, yeah, I mean, all that stuff that, uh, that Dave had mentioned is just doing a lot more, uh, which push, which can push the margins down. But like we said, be because we are a business and because it's so competitive, once we get a deal, we are able to sell it, which is very, very handy. Um, one of the only uh, gripes I guess one of our, our guys had recently was that, man, some of these title issues uh, used to hurt when one didn't close. Now it's just brutal. You know, if, uh, if there's a title issue that really uh, derails a closing, it's just brutal. So, yeah. yeah, we've been dealing with a lot of title issues lately. And that's, you know, whenever it comes to marketing, you know, and getting somebody to respond to your marketing or actually engage with your marketing, um, you know, oftentimes the, the property has title issues, right? Not always, but sometimes. And I feel like the last month or two, Mike, we've been dealing with, I would say probably 40, 30 to 40% of our deals lately have had crazy title issues. And most were able to get around or fix or work through. Yeah, they just but slow down. some, you just can't. There's not enough time and it's going to be foreclosed on or go to the tax sale um, or there's just so much stuff and judgments and things to where the seller isn't willing to bring any money to the table and we're not willing to pay anymore. And it's just it just doesn't work like there's it's just not a possibility. So I feel like we've been dealing with more and more of that lately. But I also feel like the reason the percentage of these title issue type deals is gone up is because we are working deals right now that we probably wouldn't typically work, right? Correct. Because typically we're we would find something, it would be a good deal, we would negotiate it and we would move forward. 
Now we find something, it's not really a good deal. We negotiate it and we move forward. Right. And we negotiate it down into the kind of a deal territory, but those often have the title issues. Right, then we find the title issues and we're not able to, unfortunately, we're not able to get them all through to closing because of that. Uh, So yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's a tough environment. It really is. But we're not here to bring the doom and gloom today. No, no. Let's wrap this up with a couple tips and tricks. Market's hot. On what you can do to get some deals in this super competitive market. Mike, you got a couple for me? Yeah, again, I'd say that the quality of your leads has, is in the quantity. I like that one. That's always been the case is that the more marketing you do, uh, the more likely you are to find those sellers that, that need help or that want your help. Love it. The, quant- the quality is in the quantity. Love it. That's a great tip, guys. Also, make sure that you're following up with your leads. You know, that is the most important thing. Now, with the new current TCPA regulations and, and changes, I wouldn't recommend automated follow-up. Automated follow-up really got big over the last maybe two or three years. Mm. And at this point in time, if you're going to be doing follow-up, you should be doing it manually, in my opinion. You should be doing it uh, yourself or hiring a virtual assistant. You should be manually dialing those numbers and leaving unique voicemails. You should be manually texting. You shouldn't use templates um, and you shouldn't be uh, using any sort of a robo machine. Again, the laws are changing. However, that doesn't mean you can't follow up. And follow up is so incredibly important, guys. You know, there's some sales statistics that we send out and talk about all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But like what, 2% of of deals happen on the first attempt? Yes. And then like 10% after like, I think the fourth attempt. Mm -hmm. And then basically 80, excuse me, 80% of all deals are gonna happen between the seventh and 12th contact. And really, I don't even like limiting it to 12. I would say 80% of all the deals happen after the seventh contact. And here's the thing, that might not be two or three weeks of time. That could be six months of time, right? Mike and I's average wholesale deal from about six years of data, seven years at this point even, is four to six months from when the lead comes in to when we're able to actually go purchase it. Dave, you know what I just realized? And I mean, you you probably realized it, is that our tips that we're getting to, and I know the next one you're gonna say is be making offers, right? Mm -hmm. So mine was qualities in the quantity, so do that marketing. So a lot of marketing. You said- Follow up. Follow up. And the third one's going to be make a ton of offers. Guess what, guys? We actually wrote a book <laughs> called The Three Pillars of Wholesaling Real Estate. Uh, I think it's still available for free download. It is. Discount. Discountpropertyinvestor.com. Yeah, so you can check that out. But that is, it's, it was The Three Pillars six, eight months ago when we published it. It still is in this crazy hot market. It's still working. Nothing's changed with that. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think it's so funny how we can talk about so many different things and it does just come back it to those. Back to those three things. So the third thing, guys, make offers, right? Super important. The number of offers that you make matters. If you only make two offers in a month, well, it might take you a year or two to get a deal. In this market, maybe longer. If you're making two or three offers a day, well, then there's really no reason that you don't find something in the first month or two, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe maybe even sooner than that, right? It just depends. So, you know, sometimes we will have five or six offers go out in a day. You know, sometimes none, but ideally at least a couple every single day. You know, you know what the biggest thing about making that many offers is? 
is, is just think about this from a psychological perspective. If I make one offer every other week or whatever, two offers a month, mm-hmm. and I get rejected, it's like, oh, man, that really sucks. And you let it get you down, and that's what you focus on. If I make two offers a day and they get, keep getting rejected day after day after day after day, I don't care anymore. Yeah, do and it, then I get consistent. one, and then I get one accepted. That's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Is don't let these small failures, quote unquote, get you down. They're, they're not failures. They're they're your journey towards getting that offer accepted. Yeah, no, just make. means not today. It doesn't mean never, right? So when you get these no's, yeah, don't let. Man, that's such a great piece of advice. Don't let it bring you down. You got to make offers. I mean, one of my mentors told me once that the number of offers you make directly correlates to the amount of money that you're going to make in this business. And it's so true. It's so true because, you know, sometimes we'll get busy dealing with rentals or fix and flips and we're not out really looking at that many deals. And, you'll, and you know, I'll notice like, hey, you know, we didn't really make that many offers this week or maybe two weeks goes by and we didn't make that many offers. Now, we'll always have made some offers over that amount of time, mm-hmm. but it may be just a couple. And then I'll notice, man, we're not, our deal flow is really low right now. We're not, we don't have anything in the pipeline. And on the flip side of that, whenever we're in the office and we don't have a ton of stuff going on and we're doing a ton of follow-up and we're talking to sellers and we're making verbal offers, we're sending written offers, we're even mailing people offers if we have snail mail, deals start to happen. So it just, you got to do the marketing, you got to follow up with people and you got to make offers guys no matter what market condition you are in those three things ring true they always have and they probably always will let's wrap it up man that was a that was a good episode and i love that we circled back to i mean we're kind of brainiacs here we circle back to what we circle back to you know (laughs) it's those three pillars thanks for listening guys thanks for listening guys don't forget check out discountpropertyinvestor.com if you want that free copy of the three pillars of wholesaling real estate we have an ebook download as well as uh the the availability for you to just go read it right there on the website thanks guys thanks for listening to the discount property investor podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.